welcome to Cannabis Grand Rounds, a production by physicians with advanced degrees in cannabis medicine. Your hosts, Dr. Lee Van Oker, Dr. Les Matthews, and Dr. Hal Altman, will offer unbiased medical cannabis education for healthcare providers and the motivated public. Our content is selected with the objective to fully explore cannabis as science and medicine and pledges to reflect current cannabis knowledge with no hidden agenda nor sponsorships. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Cannabis Grand Rounds. My name is Dr. Les Matthews and I am pleased to be joined today in this session by Dr. Lee Van Oker. We are co-founders along with Dr. Hal Altman of the podcast Cannabis Grand Rounds. All our MDs, I should say first, and also have master's degree in pharmacologic medical cannabis. In our last episode, we began a discussion regarding use of medical cannabis amongst the senior population. And we highlighted the fact that it's the fastest growing population of users of medical cannabis in this country. And we talked about some of the reasons why that might be. In this episode, what we'd like to do is take a little deeper dive into some of the special considerations that are uh, focused on this particular patient population, because certainly prescribing medical cannabis for a patient in their 80s with other disease states can be a very different challenge than prescribing medical cannabis for someone in their 20s who's otherwise healthy and suffering from one specific disease entity that's trying to be treated with cannabis use. So Lee, welcome, and uh, let's talk a little bit about what kind of special considerations uh, you encounter as you deal with your senior population in, in medical cannabis use. Yes, right. So we actually recommend cannabis, right? Because there's no prescription we could write. But you're right. It is it is something uh, that patients need to consider. So 70% of older adults have two or more chronic conditions. And research shows that almost 40% of seniors take five or more prescriptions. So polypharmacy is, is a very important uh, issue that you have to consider, right? I mean, people, at least when you're talking about oral cannabis. So we all know the way that any drug in our system is metabolized is we is an oral drug we swallow it it goes through our stomach and then gets passed through the liver right it's called first pass metabolism our liver is a major detoxifying organ in the body and it essentially metabolizes the drug so if you're talking about and it doesn't even have to be cannabis i mean i think the institute of medicine talked at one point i don't know how many years ago two million adverse reactions with drugs because we're talking about a population that is just given one drug for this another drug for this and sometimes you know they end up getting drugs for the complications from this drugs so polypharmacy is a big issue and cannabis oral cannabis can interfere it is also metabolized by these enzymes in the liver, their special enzyme system called the cytochrome P450 system. And what happens when you do that, there's only so much enzyme around to metabolize these 
drugs. So if you're, if it's being used up with an oral cannabinoid, then perhaps the other drug that you take for blood pressure might not be metabolized and you could get higher levels or vice versa. You could get subtherapeutic levels. It just depends. So there is that risk and even to date, according to the CDC, 450,000 older adults are seen a year in emergency rooms for adverse interactions. So I always tell my patients that it is important to have a two-hour window either before or after their regular medications if they're going to take oral cannabis. We don't see that if they're using inhaled cannabis because it goes right into the bloodstream. It doesn't get metabolized. But certainly any oral cannabis, you have to consider um, drug-drug interactions. And their seniors are on a lot of drugs. So, so Leah, as, as providers, we know that there are other considerations that we face routinely in, in our treatment of a senior patient population, and those focus on things like reaction time and impact on driving a motor vehicle or risks of falls and things of that nature. How, how does cannabis enter into those equations? Well, as a matter of fact, less falls is a big issue too, because um, with cannabis, there's the potential for intoxication, right? And according to the CDC, the leading cause of trauma and uh, injury-related death in people over 65 actually are falls. So, you know, with everything else as a physician, I tell my patients to start at the lowest dose possible. I actually, you know, figure out the doses for them, give them specific doses for the lowest dose. I usually will use a higher ratio of CBD to THC. So there's less of a risk of intoxication, but I also make sure that if they're going to try it, they're going to try it with either a caregiver that's, you know, a daughter or son or their husband or somebody that's around when they're trying it out to see how they react to it. Because, you know, eventually having some higher levels of THC in the evening, if it helps them sleep and they're still able to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and not risk a fall, um, that's what they have to kind of figure out. But falls is definitely an issue uh, that is critical and intoxication um, with specifically THC um, is something that they have to be careful with. So that's one of the considerations. You know, there are other physiological changes that happen to us as we age. And the way that drugs, to get a little technical uh, pharmacology here, but the way that our body, the physiologic changes and the way we respond to drugs, I know that the pharmacists call it atomy, absorption, distribution, metabolism, and excretion. And all of those things change a little bit when we're older. Like for instance, our stomach acid levels decrease. So we don't always absorb as much. You know, we lose a little total body water as we age and lean body mass. And that can affect how the cannabis is distributed in our body. And for drug metabolism and excretion, you know, 
we have become less efficient. We have less blood flow that's going to our liver. So we're metabolizing the cannabis a little less. And then for excretion through our kidneys and stuff, we don't always, we have lower flow rates there. So all of these can affect the safety and the efficacy in cannabis. So you have to watch that as a senior, you have to see how you react. So, you know, if, if it could slow down the metabolism of it, depending on, you know, how your system is doing that. But, uh, likewise, it, it's just something, you know, you can't tell what your liver, I mean, you can tell liver function and you can tell what your glomerular filtration rate is for your kidneys, but those are just things to consider. The same way is if you were giving a drug that was filtered through the kidney, your doctor would do blood work to just check and see, oh, okay, maybe we need to decrease the dosing and, and such. Um, it's probably not as critical as some regular drugs that we know of, like certain antibiotics that can cause toxicity if, if they're too high, but, um, it's just something to consider and something that caregivers, um, meaning physicians and clinicians need to consider when they're treating senior patients. Lee, are, are there certain drugs that are commonly used by seniors that uh, pose a specific or more significant risk when combined with cannabis use? Well, the problem is there's not a lot of research out there. You know, there's those websites, put in the drug you're taking and then put in what else you're taking and it can, you'll see if there's an interaction. And you know, almost always, if you put cannabis in, it, they'll show oh, some interaction, we're not sure, because there's just not enough study. And that's why I'm very clear with patients and th say that the safest thing to do is to just make sure that you've you have a two-hour window, you've metabolized all your medications, maybe after all your medications are taken for the morning, and then you can start the cannabis. But, you know, certainly you worry of blood thinners, you know, certain drugs, if the levels are too high. Uh, we know that CBD, a lot of people use CBD for seizures, and it can interfere with some of the anticonvulsant drugs, and you don't want to get toxic levels to those. So the safest thing to do is make sure that you have that window, that everything's gone through your enzyme system, you've metabolized and digested whatever you've taken orally for a couple hours, and then... Um, take your cannabis yeah well, well said so interesting and i think it's it's important for our audience to recognize again that um the acceptance and use of medical cannabis by the senior population in this country is exploding along with that explosion in interest and and use come very specific considerations on the on the part of the cannabis physician and those considerations are important to ensure the health and well-being of this patient population. Yeah, and also I'd like to just add, Les, another thing that is difficult for seniors, as I said, you know, I'll recommend tinctures and really calculating doses. You know, they're not used to doing that. As we said in the last podcast, you know, they're used to one size fits all, take a pill, that's what it is. So what's confusing to them too is sometimes even the medical cannabis that you buy, even a gummy, it'll have the full amount 
of how much THC is in there, because that's what the law says, right? That you have to have the full amount, but then you have to divide, okay, how many gummies are in there? And then when I give them a specific dose, they have to divide the gummies. And the same thing with the tincture. I, I give them a one milliliter syringe and I'm trying to explain. There's, you know, 300 milligrams of cannabinoids in this whole bottle, you know? So then when you uh, divide it up, it's, uh, you know, 50 milligrams per milliliter. So this is how you have to calculate two milliliters, five milliliters. So, you know, when we're starting slow, so that it's, it's time consuming and it's a lot of effort and it's something that they have to, um, really learn and get used to. And that's, you know, one of the challenge. And I do spend a lot of time with them, helping them calculate the dose, helping them figure it out and making sure that they keep a log, right, of what dose they took, how they felt before, how they felt afterwards. And and remember, cannabis is biphasic, as we say. So sometimes if you start at a low dose and you slowly start increasing the dose, you'll see, oh, it's helping more, it's helping more. And then you get to the top, it's like a bell curve. And then you increase to the next dose and you notice, oh, I'm feeling worse. It isn't as good. So you have to tell them, make sure you back off to the last dose. So it's a lot of tinkering. It's a lot of work. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> one, other, one other area that I think is worth reinforcing for the audience before we wrap this up is the the issue of cannabis security we know that in general in states where cannabis has been approved for medical and or recreational there's certainly an, a, a, an increase in the incidence of pediatric exposure pediatric toxicity and this generally comes from cannabis users not securing their medicine properly and of course if it looks like a gummy or a, an edible it's even more likely that a child might ingest it if they get access to it and i think it's important to realize that the senior population may be particularly susceptible to this they may not be used to having to secure their medications they may not be used to having uh, younger people around their their living environment but when the grandkids come over or the neighbor's kids come over, you know, the risk of that exposure is certainly heightened if they haven't been educated and instructed on how to properly uh, secure their, their cannabis medication. Yeah, that's very important. And it's just like, it's like any other medication, I tell them. The problem is this is, looks more delectable. But we do have laws, at least here right now in Maryland, that gummies have to be geometric shapes. They can't look like gummy bears. But certainly as we move, and that's one of the things I've talked about because I've, I've lectured on this too, as we move to adult use, they are going to be creating um, more gummies that look more like candy, perhaps. And that's one of the issues that we have to pay attention to. And then there's this whole movement of adding cannabinoids to food once it's legal, you know? So so that's going to bring in a whole host of, of problems of accidental exposure. And I have to say, even with adults, accidental overdose is very common with oral cannabinoids. So you take um, a gummy, right? People, it takes anywhere from a half an hour to two hours before you feel the effects. What happens is, you know, we'll have people take it, even though I'll give them a dose of say, okay, you're going to divide this gummy into four and you're going to take two and a half milligrams to start out. They'll take it and they're like, 
they'll wait, you know, 40 minutes. I don't feel anything. They'll take another one or another one. And that's how even adults can overdose on it. Now it's not fatal, like an opioid overdose, but it can be pretty uncomfortable. It can cause some paranoia, can raise your heart rate, can uh, make you feel uncomfortable. But um, certainly people have to consider that too. For sure. Well, Lee, thank you. This has been a, a very, very valuable conversation around use and special considerations of cannabis therapy in the senior population. I hope uh, and I'm sure the audience has enjoyed it as much as I have. And I thank you again. All information, material and content on this podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional and or medical advice, diagnosis and or treatment by a qualified physician or healthcare provider. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. Cannabis Grand Rounds LLC does not offer personal health or medical advice. If you have a medical emergency, call your doctor or call 911 immediately.